What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to my social life. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. As always, today's podcast is powered by Surf. This is the podcast where we teach you how to grow on social media by talking to people who have actually done it. People like Tom Boyd, whose brand bonus footage is one of the most respected brands in the content creator space. This is his second appearance on the podcast. So if you want to hear his story, head back to our first episode a little while ago. Make sure it's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. But I could not be more excited to have Tom back on the show today. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be back. You were one of the earliest interviews, I think. Once I, when, when was that interview? I was trying to think about that and I, I should have re-listened to it before we did this, but, um, nah, nah, nah. you're too busy, bro. You're too big time now. <laughs> I think it was in the fall. I want to say. Okay. Yeah. It was in a minute summer? ago. I think it was more the summer. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember you, you were great at asking questions and we've developed a friendship since then, you know, uh, you know, uh, a, cre- a fun creator from a distance friendship, obviously. And, uh, we, we um, it's fun to see what you've done with your shorts and with your podcast and, and keeping up to uh, up to speed with everything you got going on, on your end too, man. So thank you for having me back on the show. Oh, no, I appreciate that, man. And hey, my, my I want to say my, my short video career was, was given an early boost by you duetting one of my, one of my videos. So you're always nice. be tied to that story for forever. But bro, I want to start with, with you, Dick. Because obviously like for me, we, 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 we create content in similar worlds. You know, we're not exactly the same, but we're in similar worlds. And I want to know how you kind of picked your niche as, as a creator with creating these short, short content. Because when it comes to social media, everyone says, pick a niche, pick a niche, pick a niche. It's so important. But with something like a TikTok or an Instagram reel, it's very easy to post something outside of your niche. So how did you pick your niche and how do you make sure you stick to it? That's a really great question. So th- I picked my niche because. Um, I, I had something to say about this, uh, uh, I had something to say. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people like they'll start, uh, and I, and I've started before. So the, the quick background is I was in the music industry. I worked as a freelancer. I, um, worked for big brands. I've worked as an artist. I I had clothing lines that like did pretty well, but also not, didn't make money at the same time. <laughs> like, like if that makes sense, like I, I was good at marketing them, getting them really far, but like, I didn't know how to like build the business. Like, and I've seen all these different areas of the world. And then like some of my best friends are, are YouTubers. Uh, my wife is a, is a, is a, as a uh, graphic designer, my my best friends are uh, musicians, and they, I I see a lot of these conversations coming to me like over the years, and and I have these like one off little conversations with friends, where you know a couple months later they'll be like, yo, that something you said in that conversation like really changed like something for me, like it really helped me in my in my creative process. And I enjoyed that process. Uh, you know, I went to school for education, didn't end up doing education, but I do have like a little bit of like a teacher coach side of me. Uh, and and I enjoy that process. So my thing was when, I, you know, I have a full-time job right now and I, uh, and I, um, I've, I, I gotta be honest, I tested a couple of niches. So I, this is something I haven't even shared yet, but like I had, a, um, I wanted to make a, a niche around like, I was calling it uh, real food brands. It was like real food dude or something like that. It was like, it was like, it was like, it was like two years ago where it was like content around like reviewing like, um, 
like brands that I thought like that that were you know like Whole Foods style brands. Uh, you know, like like uh, this is actually a good example. Poppy Poppy Soda. Like, um, it's like a a soda that that has five five grams of sugar and it's got prebiotics. So like that was an example. I'd like make content around these brands and like I made a couple of videos and like it, it flopped. It, it didn't, I didn't feel it right. And then I wanted to go the vlog route and I was like, yo, I like, I, I don't really feel it. But then I kept having these conversations with friends and enjoying that process. And then I read an article by Lee Jin, uh, Lee Jin about the creator economy. And for some reason it like charged me up. I was like, wait a second. I was like, wait a second, like, this is the world that I've been in this creator economy. Like now it has a name, a tagline, like a, like a, a way to package it and think about it. Um, I, this is the world I've been in and out my whole career. Like, like I started like the artist that I was working with, I was posting videos for his YouTube channel. Like I was a YouTuber before creator was like a, a thing, right? I was just sharing my experience. Um, and then over the years, like, I, you know, I, I popped in and out of that world and I realized like, I, I really love entrepreneurs. I really love branding and marketing and I really love the creative process and, and people that have the guts to share their stories and the a creator is a combination of all of them. So I was just like, I'm making content for the independent creator. Like those are the people that I, I admire so much. I think it's so cool that this experience is like accessible for creators, big and small across the world, no matter your location. You could be, you know, you could have an audience, uh, you know, bigger than, uh, you know, your favorite TV show growing up and you're living in Ohio right now, <laughs> you know, like it's possible. And I love that. And like, so that really charged me up and you can tell I get energized around it. So after years of testing and like putting out ideas, like finally, like I hit, like, like it made a lot of sense to me. I was like, okay, there, there's a world here and I really care about it. So that's where my niche is going to be. Now, I will tell you, it is challenging because like it's very clearly in my headline shorts for creators. And I've, I go back and forth, but whether or not I should leave that in there, if I should keep that as my positioning. But my uh, I'm like betting on the fact that like the idea of being a creator is going to be like is it, to continue to be something that's sold a, uh, after for decades to come right like i'm like banking on that like right now it, like some people are like why are you telling me five books for creators well you'll get it soon enough <laughs> you my friend like like uh, you know my my thing is i'm i want to go to the right audience but play the long game um and i realized i could go wider i could cast a wider net and i'm i'm actually uh, i'm going to start experimenting with that too so i'm going to start probably doing like 80 20 like 80 of my 80% of my videos very specific to the creator journey right and then 20% try to hit hit subjects that will um connect with people on a like more like probably more self development type stuff productivity type stuff stuff that like can help creators at the same time but also uh help to reach a wider audience so that's a long-winded answer to say i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> one of the things i like about your content is you'll be, you're able to take your experience kind of in the quote-unquote old content creator world if that makes sense back in the music industry and apply it to today because a lot of people feel like being a content creator on social media is a new new world a new frontier you got to kind of figure it out on your own but a lot of people don't think to look back and realize there is a lot of lessons from creators 
in the past that can be applied to this new world. And a lot of people feel like they got to make it up from scratch and figure it out, but there's a lot of things that they can port over from the traditional world into this, this digital world. And so I like seeing that in your content. We're able to relate lessons from the past to now. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use an analogy. I'm a big analogy guy. And I thought of this one before the phone call. Uh, so this is how I see it, right? Say, say, say I'm, I'm a swimming coach. <laughs> and like, and if you think about it, right? So this is how I, I approach my brand, right? Like there's 10, there's, I don't know how many different styles of swimming there are, but there's a lot, right? There's freestyle, there's doggy paddle, there's, there's, there's uh breaststroke, there's backstroke, there's all these different styles, right? Um, and each one of them is like, I see is like a different lane of being a creator. And then there's like sports in the pool. Like, uh, you know, there's polo, there's equestrian, like all this stuff in the pool. My thing is like, I believe there's probably evergreen things that all of them can benefit from. So like breathing exercises, uh, you know, like their, their eating, their diet, their, their health, their, their wellness, like everything that goes into making them a better swimmer, uh, you know, better in the pool, navigating like a pool around it. Like, like that's how I try to treat the creator. So like there, there's new sports coming out, right. In the creator world, (laughs) AKA in the, in the pool. Right. And, and I'm, I'm, I want to teach something that is like, okay, it's relevant to the creator in 2010 and it's relevant to the creator now. So I try to look at things that are, that are, um, it's, it's almost like life advice (laughs) packaged into, uh, you know, becoming a better creator, like filtered through, like, will this empower a creator in some way? And in the, and I kind of believe that I think that when you become a better writer, better communicator, um, uh, better at, talking to a cat, an inanimate object in your room, having to go through the process of creating an idea, putting it into the world and making it connect with a stranger in Michigan. Like you become a better person in the process. Like you, you really do. Like you, it sharpens all of, all of your, your communication skills, but it also teaches you more about yourself and like what you're good at, what you're not. And I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, so that's, yeah, that's my approach. Like, uh, I could just teach, uh, this is the example, like uh, front stroke, and that would be YouTubers or like, uh, or like, but I want to, I want to create topics that are connected to anyone that's around that pool. Does that make sense? Does, did that make, did that land? <laughs> or is that still floating? <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit of, I think I got it. I think I understand what you're saying. You're like, Tom, now you're going to make me edit this dang podcast. My <laughs> man's talking about equestrian two minutes in. <laughs> now, nah, don't edit that part. If you edit that part, I'm mad. I'm deleting it. <laughs> Trust me, man. Like I told you, I'm my own editor. So the least amount of editing I can do, I okay. will do. So that'll, that'll, okay. that'll stick in here. Oh, wait, wait. Here, here's one more thing I thought. I realized my other goal today. My other goal is like, is to show like, like, I think I'm like, literally the most it's it's like comical how regular of a dude i am right that's why i think it would be so great it's going to be so great like when my account blows up right because i want it to be very clear that like oh i want people to be like oh he's a regular dude like like, like i'm like actually way more talented than him like that's my goal like people to be like yo if that regular ass dude can do it i can do it too that that's one of my like like little little sneaky goals i have I mean, 
I understand where I'm coming from, but I also think you have some of the most engaging shorts that I've seen. So I think like give yourself a little credit here that it's not going to happen by accident. Like you are very good at what you do. And I do want to dive into your creative process. But before that, I want to ask you one other question about this swimming pool of of people. How do you find that audience? Because then we might have even mentioned this on the last podcast. A lot of people don't identify as creators. They might even they might be creators yeah. and not even realize it. Yeah. So how do you find these people that want to go swimming that are at the beach, but or that aren't at the beach? Okay. That, I don't know if I'm rolling with this. No, no, no. no. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um well one, okay, okay, I'm going with the analogy again. It comes down to your goals as a creator. Like, what do you want to do with this thing? Um, some people want to win the 200 meters. <laughs> some, some people want to be good at doing cannonballs, right? So, like, my thing is, um, first, you have to figure out what your goal is as a creator. And I, myself, uh, you know, my goal is to become, you know, I, I, I want to, uh, I want, like right now I have a full-time job and, and I, and I love the job. And, and I think that this is like, this is something that is really exciting and energizing to me. And I just, I just, I like, I want to get creators paid. I want to get individual creators paid. I want to create a, like, whether it's through my brand, people I collaborate with consulting, I want people to realize that they can make money with their ideas. I think it's such an empowering thing. Like when you get that first paycheck as a creator and like you realize your potential, um, not that you need to wait for that, but like, like I want it, like there's so many obstacles in the way to get there. And I just like, you know, it's not going to be easy either way, but I think that like some of the content that I create, my goal is to move some of those obstacles, make it a little clear the way a little bit, like give a little bit of insight or like a different way of thinking about it that helps you in your process. Uh, that, that is my goal as a creator. So, um, my positioning is very important on that. My positioning also is kind of, I think what we talked about before is like, um, I don't want to go to a broad audience. Uh, but what happens is when people find it and like, it's for them, it is for them, like long DMS, like, like, uh, power grass of DMS, like, uh, and like co- big companies, billion dollar companies reaching out for consulting. Like, it's very clear that like this guy gets their world and I'm actually cool with that. Like, I, I don't think that I want, like, uh, I think naturally, um, because of my passion and my care for it, like it will spill over. And I, I still want to figure out like, so yeah. So like that, that's my answer. Like I, I want to go to the people that this is like in my avatar, in my mind, it's, it's, it's three people. It's the people that one are thinking about it, like feel like they have the potential to be a creator, but they don't know where to start. That that's the one person. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there that are like on the sidelines, ready to jump in the pool. Right. And then there's the people that have been swimming for years, had success, but they're feeling funk. They're feeling blocked and they don't know their next move. And I, and I've, I do consulting sessions for people like that. And like, Hey, like, um, you know, think about your brand differently this way, or like, these are the things that are holding you back. Um, and then the other people that are like in the middle, like they built their following and Oh, this one comes up a lot. They built their following, but they don't like that brand and they want to do something else. And they, they're trying to have breakthroughs there. So it's like kind of like 
th those are the main things and there's others that are in there, but I think about those three people. So when one of them comes into my, <laughs> my, my <laughs> I, I'll stop using the analogy, but so when someone sees, sees the content, they're like, this is for me. And that's, that's the reaction I want. I want that this is for me reaction. I actually realized recently, a lot of people are, are <laughs> I, this is, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like there's a good amount of people because I had like one or two videos pop off and it brought in a lot of people that weren't there like for my, like the, the reason that I'm making content, like they were there, like, and then I think they, they, they unfollowed and that's cool. That's better for the algorithm. Like I want the people to, that are like really invested in what I'm bringing to the table to be following my content. So I don't know if that fully answers it, but I think you have to be okay with saying no to people and like saying, uh, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, and I think if you make it so clear who it's for, you'll naturally get shares. And like those people will be like, yo, this is for you. This is for you. And that's that's what I want. Yeah, so it's not necessarily about having the biggest audience, but it's about having the right audience. Yeah. Yeah, I think my audience, my audience, I like it is very engaged. Uh, like the comment section goes ham. Um, and yeah, I... I I argue it's 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 more valuable than a two hundred thousand dollar a two hundred thousand follower audience on TikTok, and that might me be being biased, but uh, I think that like I've I've built like a strong I not I like we like like I, right at this point like I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm honestly like the spokesperson for the people that that follow me now like it's like yo guys like I, I'm like oh I just learned this I want to share it with you and, and then also get paid more ask for this like like i like i don't know i i i enjoy that that part kind of a uh i feel i feel like we're all doing it doing it as a squad and so how do you then start to come up with ideas for that specific audience as a spokesperson for this group of over 50,000 people how do you then come up with content ideas what does that look like is it a, is there a formal process of like sitting down and writing out ideas is it just a note in the phone like how do you come up with content ideas so I find my best ideas come when I'm not in front of a computer. My best ideas come from conversations, watching a movie, seeing a commercial a different way, um, a lot when I'm working out, a lot when I'm walking my dog. Um, I have like two or three friends in the creator economy. I'll have conversations with them and just like natural things will come up. And all I do is I have a notion doc of one liner ideas like da 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 like, uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of one, one more recently because yeah, but whatever, I'll have a, a long running list of that. Right. So that, that, that's the main list. And when I'm in flow, when I'm like super in productive shorts mode right now, I'm actually not cause I've, I've, I've said yes to too many projects. So I've kind of had to sidetrack like the output of my own creative stuff, which I'm going to get back to. And which is like something that I, I would love to talk about too, because like that's part of the process. Um, but when I'm totally in flow, it's, I had this list of ideas. Then in the morning I wake up, I crush, I crush my coffee. I wake up around six and I try to write three really good shorts, um, three really good ones. And, uh, I will pick from, I will look at the, the list of our ongoing ideas that I have and I'll write three. And then I just have an ongoing Google Doc of like shorts and I'll copy and paste that like into the doc and like I know where I am in that. And it's just like this ongoing list of shorts. And that, uh, that's the, so like I usually 
do that. I, pr- I try to take, like, I'm getting really quick at that, doing that now. And sometimes I know I don't need to write them out as much because I can like do it off the top. Uh, because once you build the muscle for it, like, you know, the cadence, you know, how long 20 seconds is like, it just, it's just second nature. Um, so I'll, I'll write them. And then probably now it's probably two days a week. Whenever I have free time, um, I'll sit down and probably and try to record five to five to 10 of them. And I'll put the camera on and just run through them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll connect the shore mic to my, to my quick time. I'll record audio through my quick time and I'll record separately on a, on a, on a memory card on my a7s i'll tilt it vertical and then i'll put all of that into the into adobe premiere sync up the audio with the video chop up the best parts usually i i chop up the best parts in the editing process like right away and then later probably like on a saturday i come in and i actually edit them so i come in and i just i put the text on and I'm, more recently i'm doing very minimal text because like it's hard to sustain doing like really quality edits on TikTok. So I'm trying to find my flow of like, all right, what's the right amount of editing? What's the right amount of like, like, like polished versus like raw that I'm going for in these videos. But when I'm in a total flow, like that's the sequence. I love the writing process too. Like that's something I enjoy. So not everyone needs to do that. Like if you enjoy writing, I would say go that route. I like writing. Like I like like, the idea of messaging and how you can move that line there and it makes it flow a little better. And oh yeah, after I write them too. So right before I record, I'll read through them and um, I'll read them and I'll kind of like get my flow, like my pacing down on like how I want like the voice inflection and vocal variety to be. So I like, I run through them and then I record. Um, I kind of cover like a whole variety of stuff there. So, so let me know what you want to go deeper into. There's multiple things I want to go deeper into there. I think I want to go a little deeper into how you script them. Like what is there? Cause like when I script mine, I try to have like max four lines. I try to have write my intro so that when I'm in the edit, I can cut the first couple of words off and make it so it makes sense to put it at the end. So if there's a loop, I try to do like, what do you do? Like, is there, a, I don't know if you could pull one up and we kind of walk through what it looks like, but kind of really digging into how do you unpack that one line sentence into a 20 second TikTok? I've been trying to get really good at only putting the information that is necessary into the video. I find, this is what I actually realized recently. The best creators, I tweeted about this, they are not, they don't care about the algorithm as much as they care about being considerate for their audience. So in being considerate for their audience's time, they're going to cut the fluff. They're going to cut the BS. They're going to get right to the golden nugget of that video. And I think a lot of people, when you see them coming from like YouTube or like other worlds, like they're like, they give you the whole intro in their video and then they give you an outro. Not on TikTok, bro. Get right into the golden nugget of this video. Like that's all you need. Um, and so th- let me try to bring up, so, so that that's the one thing I've been doing. And I try to, so I'll write the actual information, like the, the point, the thing that I want to, it to say. And here's, here's something that I've realized a lot. A lot of people aren't saying anything in their TikToks. Like if you look at it, it's just like a very general, like um, a, a general like idea. So I've been trying to get better at, making a point like being very clear i want the audience to say i know how he feels about that right like if if someone can't say i know how they feel about that then 
I think that you need to sharpen up your point a little bit. And the point being is when you make someone feel they either agree with you or they don't. And that creates a reaction uh, either way, like like it, it, a sticky reaction too. someone might not like it. And someone and someone's going to might totally agree with you. But I believe that like a non like if you look at a lot of the content, especially mine, like I look at the ones that like didn't work. I'm like, I wasn't really saying anything there. <laughs> like um, and it doesn't need to be game changing. It doesn't need to be like this new way, like this new like. Like simple works, simple still works, but I think that you need to make a point when you're being simple. Um, so I'll try to bring up an example here. I, I, cause I, I have, I have like 30 scripts that, um, that I've been writing that I need to record. Um, so let me bring them up. So, and I'll give you a little something that I did, um, recently. And, and this is, this is, I think this is a fun for anyone who is like feeling like they're hitting like a funk and want to switch up their flow. Um, what you do is, because uh, I've seen this in the world of music and copywriting. This is what people do. They'll go and they will write out the lyrics of their favorite song or they'll write out a landing page of like someone that does really good copy and read every line out loud and then do it again and then do it again. So I took five and what happens is like, you kind of like feel like, kind of internalize like what what is necessary like what is happening there it's hard to explain like i don't know how to explain but this is a practice that i do so when i'm feeling a funk like like jt barnett is one of the guys right he's he's mutual friend i'll look at like five popular videos he just did literally write out the words it's a it, like write out what he's saying and then I'll look on a Google Doc without the vi the vision, without his blonde hair in the in the in the video, you know, without his beautiful LA backdrop, right? And I can just look at it with no with no um like you know feeling around it, just like all right, what is what is the messaging here? And uh, and then I just read it. Then I just read it. Then I just read it. And then I go through and look at my ideas. And like it, I'm not stealing from him, but I'm like kind of feeling the way feeling out the way he packages it, right? Uh, so then I write the idea. Then I go in and um, then I take a, I, I try to, I'm not the best with hooks. Like JT's really good with hooks. Uh, th there's a couple other people that are really good with hooks. I'm getting better at the, the hooks on TikTok. Like I under, like I believe, oh, uh, Mike Rama is really good with the hooks. Um, and I think the people that do a really good job with the hooks, they make it very clear in the first three seconds who this is for and what this video is about. And if possible, why you should watch it, like what you're going to get out of it. Um, so who it's for, uh, uh, what did I say? Who it's for, what you're going to get out. What it's about. Yeah, what, what it's about and why, and, why, like, uh, and, and, and like what, uh, what the um, promise is going to be. Like what are you going to receive? So like, um, like today I did a very, very simple version of that. It was um, – it was five books for my five books. Every creator should read. So very like this is for creators. You're going to get the book recommendations from me, an established creator. Uh, and, and that, yeah, that's what it's about. So th like, I think if you can answer that question in the first three seconds and you're, and, and you're going for a specific niche, um, that's a great way of thinking about it. I, cause I, and he, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me look here. Um, I think what's interesting, I'm just going to jump in quick about what you just said, was with those hooks. I feel like a lot of people, they hear, make a good hook, and they just think, I need a crazy statement at the end. But I like that yours has more than just like 
make a crazy statement and it addresses multiple things, which I think is important that you're not just trying to have shock value. You're trying to, that's important. That's part of it. But it's also like shock value for you, the person watching this and why you, the person watching this needs to listen to it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that like some people are able to say that, like, like that's why I said JT is good. He's able to succinctly communicate that in like one sentence. It's not like, um, it, it's it's not like he's saying, yeah, like three sentences. That, like it's very clearly, like oh, this is. So like, it, like sometimes who it's for is implied. So um, you know the, the videos where he's talking about uh, so he'll say like this is how you get paid by brands. So like someone that's looking to get paid by brands is a content creator, but he doesn't have to say content creator in that title. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Something that 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 specific audience would be interested in, but you like, and the audience will identify with that, and the audience that won't identify with that won't be watching it anyways. Yeah. So, so here are my notes. I have this Google Doc that just says creative direction, and it's little tidbits that I've written down along the way. Um. So, so one of the one of the things for hooks is to challenge an, an assumption. So, uh, an example would be like everyone's talking about why ten minute videos aren't going to work on TikTok, go ahead and talk about why they are going to work. Um, uh, you know, you know, um, you know who does this well is, uh, the guy from my first million, his name is Sean Pori, but he does it in Twitter. So everyone was talking about like how clubhouse is the best thing ever. And then he talked about like why clubhouse is going to fail. Um, and he like, he, but at the end of it, he, he, he wrote very clearly, like, I don't want it to fail, but like, these are the things that I see that like are, are red flags for this company. And it got a lot of people to read it. And if you truly believe it and you're not faking it and the assumption is like true to your experience, like it's like, that's fine. Like you're getting people to think a different way. Uh, and then maybe even come back with points that like make it stronger. Um, like even for him, the reason he said he wrote that was because he was like, I wanted to point these things out so they could cover for it (laughs) and, and maybe, and, and maybe make it a, a success. Um, uh, make a bold claim. So, you know, like I, I don't do this as much because I try not to be like too adversarial in my, in my, con- in my content. Like I try to keep it like really upbeat. Um, but I like, it's really simple. It's just like, make it clear what you believe as early as possible in the video. Uh, because like when someone sees someone caring about something, like, even if it's like, you know, you see people talking about their nine to five job. Um, you see people talking about like, their boyfriend or like, like you can just tell in the first couple of sentences, like they, they really care about this subject. And a lot of people, they, they spend too much time, like thinking about what might work instead of like following the stuff that like they genuinely have feeling about. Because when you're talking on camera, like we're not actors, like it's hard to fake that. And like, people are going to be able to feel that. And I, I actually believe I'm, I'm curious what you think. I think the hardest the hardest content to go viral is actually the type of content we create talking head videos because like it's very much like us right like with text like with a with a 
thought bubble from our brain and we're just saying it. Whereas like, you know, with vloggers, you have these beautiful aesthetics with like the dancers, you know, you got these attractive guys and gals like doing their thing, you know, with the the puppy, you know, like all of those things are very visual and immediately captivating to a wide audience. We have to say words from our mouth that are going to like connect with people to be, to not swipe forward. So I, so for me, like, again, getting clear on the goals, I understand it's going to be a longer game. And, and I'm totally fine with that, but I believe that my audience is more valuable because of it. Like then someone that has 500,000 and they just make puppy content, <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it works, but like, that's why, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get better at like the hooks myself. And, and that's something that, that should be openly discussed about. Like I'm at 60,000 now and I'm still like, I have, I'm still trying to figure out like and TikTok's a TikTok's an interesting beast because sometimes, um, and this is an experiment that I'll do. I'll I'll repurpose videos and cut the first three seconds. So I did that on my Victoria Paris video, and it got the the second time I did it, I cut the first three seconds where I I introed it. I it was just my face, and then the next time I just put text on the screen, and it was like showing a visual of her, and that got three hundred thousand more views than than my than my ugly face. Uh, but yeah, so. Like what I would say, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is to constantly test it. Like maybe even try the same video multiple times just with different hooks. I like that. I think that's one thing I got to be better at is reposting videos because I'm literally, I'm always just onto the next, onto the next. Like let me bang this one out as fast as I possibly can so I can just edit the next one. I think that that's, that's cool though. And you do a good job of your hooks. I, I think that you or at least more like because i've been seeing them recently pop up and you've done a good job like you did one of it's not what you think you'll be like growing someone like the uh, i know you just interviewed someone that that talked about how she uh she studied a bunch she studied a bunch of hooks herself yeah that's right? right yeah yeah and you're good at saying like it's not what you think and i'm like oh why it's not what i think like i, I need to know more <laughs> i appreciate that and sometimes like there's not really a method to my hooks right now i think i'm not intentional enough about them i think sometimes they just come out nice which is which is great um but there's something else you said in there that i'm trying to remember what it was oh that victoria paris video um where that one went viral and that's one thing i'm trying to do with how it's harder for guys like us to go viral and gals like us who do talking head videos what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to incorporate things that people will identify with that isn't my ugly face. That's why like I have my series where I'm deconstructing Mr. Beast because people don't care about me, but I throw their favorite YouTuber on screen. They're like, what's this guy going to say about my favorite YouTuber? And they're ready for the comments like to, to back their favorite creator. And so it's still getting my opinions and my thoughts across, but I'm using a recognizable person as the entry point to that video, which is why a lot of my videos, I throw up a picture of Mr. Beast or something like that right away. So it gets people's attention with their brand. And then I convince them to stick around if they like what I have to say. Th that's something that I, pl I did. I mean, the, the one video that, that my biggest views, I think it's like 2 million is the one about copy lame. And at the very beginning, I say that I say, like, so, so here's something to think about. Like in that video, I said this guy instead of Kabi Lane. Um, and the reason, because I was trying to get to the action quicker and Kabi Lane had more syllables. So it was like, this guy made this guy, this guy just hit a, this guy just hit a hundred million. Kabi Lane just hit a hundred million. It's just like that amount of like, like when I was saying it, like it was like, wasn't rolling off my tongue. So I was like, all right, this guy, and I'll just throw the picture on the screen. And as soon as that came up, people, 
it piques people's curiosity. They're like, wait, how did he just get a hundred million? Because it was clear in that hook that I was about to tell you, like, uh, so this guy now, I'll read it to you. This guy now has over a hundred million followers and makes up to, makes up to 200,000 per brand pro post. And that those, those were numbers that I got from like a creator breakdown someone else did. Um, and then I said, all by stitching his, all by, all by using his iPhone and stitching other people's videos. But most importantly, and so like, like it almost created another hook four seconds in. So most importantly, so people are like, wait, 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 what's more important than, than, you know, a hundred million followers and, and 200,000 per brand post and now using his iPhone. So, um, then I say, he didn't, he didn't say I need a new camera. He didn't change the format. He didn't say, I want to show how artistic I am. Instead, he saw what was working, doubled down, stayed consistent and never said a word. So my point here was, so this is, this is what I'm getting at. So when I say make a point, so what's my point here? My point is how important consistency is where most people after what I, what I saw, this is the thing that I saw, uh, that popped out to me. And I, and I, I remember I was on a walk when I thought of it, uh, I was like, most people, you know how simple his videos are? Most creatives would say, I need to do something extra. I need to jump out of a blimp. I, I need to do all this crazy stuff. I need all this production, right? And then that would, it, it, that would uh, maybe stop their momentum because like they tried to overcomplicate things. But he had the, the gonads to just like, yo, I'm just going to keep sticking with what works. And, and that's also a message to me too. Like I've, I, like I, in the music industry, we would do that a lot where when I was working with artists, we would have one song go successful, but then we wanted to prove we had this like chip on our shoulder. We wanted to prove to the world that we could do more than just that. Well, here's the thing. Once you're at a hundred million followers, you can do whatever the frick you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, that was sort of my point. Like his real magic trick was like after, once he saw it and it worked, he didn't overcomplicate it. And I think a lot of people can get in their own way by overcomplicating it. So I was like, how do I say that in the most succinct way possible? Uh, so that's what that script said. So my, at the end of that, I, I wrote point consistency. And then I have another one where, um, what's the difference between Emma Chamberlain, how Emma Chamberlain talks on camera and everyone else? W what is the difference? Like, even if I don't know who Emma Chamberlain is, I want to know what the difference is. And I say, everyone else talks to, um, everyone. Emma Chamberlain talks to one person. And then I break down. She shares freely as if she's talking to a friend on FaceTime. That's why she's able to create connection that she has and build the audience that she has now. Um, so the point, talk to one, talk to your audience as if it's one person. But I said all of those lines to like, like if I just said, talk to your audience as if it was one person, no one would have cared. But since I related uh, a relatable, uh, I brought in a relatable figure that people know about, then I could wrap that point up. I just want to jump back to that cabbie script for a second because I need to give you props for how you closed out that script. Because you're saying how he didn't change things up. He didn't complain. He, he just kind of kept doing what he was doing. And you summarize that by saying didn't say a word which was yeah. basically kept doing what he was doing. But Cabby LeMay is also, I don't know how to say his name. I say it wrong every time. Yeah. 
he also doesn't talk in his videos. So I think the double entendre of how you wrap that up, I caught on to that. I just want to recognize that and how Thank dope that, that is bars. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone listening to that understood what you did with that last line. So I wanted to make sure I highlighted it. Yeah, yeah. That was a double entendre. And that's where a little bit of like the, I used to write a lot in music. I used to write with artists, for artists, as an artist. Um, and I, we would make funny, we would make silly rap songs. Uh, and the whole goal was to make people laugh. But in the process, you had this creative constraint where you had to write eight bars and you had to write it to the music and in that music you had to like you know you could only phrase words in like a certain amount like a certain cadence to make it make sense to the to those the the music right so i think that that did help the process in how i write uh write the scripts and, and think about scripts it's basically like uh coming up with like you know little bars for these songs and there's another thing you said in there too with the cabbie one was that like four seconds in you had another hook and I wanted to ask you, how do you increase retention? And I'd like to dive into that, but I've never had anybody tell me, have a second hook in the video. No one ever thinks of doing that, like a hook to keep pulling you through. And so that's something I'm going to think about next time I sit down to script some TikToks is how can I have like a second hook in the middle? But what are some other things you're doing to increase retention on your videos? Okay, that's a great question. So I'm not good at the second hook. A lot of the stuff, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. I think... um a lot of this stuff is like, is, is like, all right, I'm going to use an analogy. Um, I can hit a golf ball, right? I don't know how to tell people how to hit the golf ball, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's hard to exa exactly break down after so many swings, doing it so many times. So I'm glad you're bringing up these questions because even when I look at it, I, I almost realize why it worked in hindsight instead of like manufacturing it beforehand. Uh, and, and like some of the stuff has to do with timing. He was hot at the time and like the script, like that video, you know, worked right aligned with like when he was being talked about, uh, another big video where, um, so, so you asked about retention time. Um, one is I've started to, this is what I start. This is what I fell into the trap of doing. I, I fell in the trap of talking really fast for a little bit. I'm, I realized that you don't need to talk that like if you look at JT or if you look at, you know, some of the other big you know, creators, um, Jared Bean, I like her a lot. Like they don't talk fast. They just, they just captivate, like they, they just have that hook dialed in. Right. So once you get that first hook, um, you don't need to worry about talking super fast. Like once people are in it, but if you're editing it on a timeline, I do try to trim the, like any space in between pauses now just because I, I just feel like it flows better. I just feel like it moves better unless that pause is strategically there to like create like a suspense for like the next line that comes in. Um, but the main thing that I do is like, I think, I think here's some things to think about like subtle movement. So you can keyframe in or keyframe out or punch in and punch out a little bit is just enough. So every two to three seconds have some sort of movement. Um, I do that with, in some videos, I do that with pictures, uh, with, with text. Now, I will tell you, I have like A-B, like not A-B tested this, but I have had videos where I talk to the camera. It's stationary. I, there's no pictures on the screen. And like, for example, the, the one video I did where I'm just reading a text, like every now and then I'll experiment where I'll, I'll just dumb down a video. I'm like, yo, what's the simplest video I could do? I give myself a creative constraint. What's the simplest video I could do in 10 minutes? And I'm like, I could read a tweet to the camera. <laughs> and like, and like I did that 
no text, stationary, no effects, nothing, no, no famous person. Um, and that video, I think it's about to hit a million and I'm just reading, not even my tweet. I'm reading someone else's tweet. (laughs) Right. Um, so like, the the re the if you look at that though there's actually it's funny let me look at that I actually I think I wrote that out because I have a theory on why that worked let me let me read that um do you mind if, mind if I find that so okay um uh, and I was actually just talking about this with Mike Rama today um not he, hold up creator. Um, he comes from like the writing the Facebook ads world where he used to write a lot of Facebook ads and he taught himself how to do like, uh, like he called them open lo- loops. So he like open loops are essentially, uh, another hook. So, um, for like, this is like, I'm going to try to think of an example off top. So you would say, say something about seven seconds in talk about like how, this probiotic soda is going to save the world. Um, da, 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 da. But how? Like, but how creates like the open loop? And then you say like a, you know another phrase, and then you say, but that's not that's not all. You know, like you know you know like the ads when they used to like get you like, and you you keep going down the page. Like it's basically like a clever way of like of of writing a Facebook <laughs> Facebook ad. That's what these shorts are, man. It's competitive out here. Um, here, let me find that tweet. All right, I, I'm going to tell you. I have I have this sheet called called um, creative direction. At the top, I say optimize for a hook. Start videos with a bold statement. Ask a question. Pete curiosity with a list. List work well. Open loop. A concept that drives. Um, and then I have content direction: positive, light, fun, motivational, educational. <laughs> uh, and that's that just like every now and then when I'm like feeling like like all right, wait, what 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 am I talking about? Like I go back to like sort of like those guiding principles of, of of how i want to create the content um where is that tweet so 90 percent of success can be boiled down right so that you asked me earlier like how do i talk to like a wider uh, a wider net right 90 percent of success can be boiled down so everyone wants to know like wait that's a very specific number like numbers actually work I would say that try to cram numbers into your hook if possible. So that's what I realized. I think that's why people were like 90%, like, like immediately, I think people say, what, how is 90% of success boiled down to anything? How does anyone know that? Like, it makes people very curious. And then to, to consistently doing the obvious thing. And then like for an uncommonly long period of time. Okay. Um, and, oh, and then, okay, here's an open loop without, then it says without. Wait, 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 wait. Now, wait. So doing the obvious thing for an uncommonly long period of time without. So now that's another open loop. You have to know what am I doing that without? Like what am I avoiding when I'm doing that? Convincing yourself that you're smarter than you are. And then that line, I think, triggered a lot of people. <laughs> um, so a lot of people were like it, it and other people that got it were like, yeah. So what he was saying is. very exactly what I said essentially with the Kabi Lane video is don't overcomplicate it and do the consistent thing for an uncommonly long period of time. Um, But just the way that he framed it, 90% of success can be boiled down. I bet you if I, I, this is what I believe. If I made 10 videos, 90% of success can be boiled down. They would work like 
fifty percent of them would would do really well, just because it like on TikTok the way the for you page works, it would get sent out to a wide. So like that that's something that I think would it would actually be fun. Anyone listening to this, like, kind of look at that framework and make like a twelve second, twelve to fifteen second like tweet. Right, that that, that would work as a tweet. That starts with like a a bowl, a number that something can be boiled down to. So like ninety percent of success, maybe maybe you could do it in your niche. Ninety percent of success in swimming can be boiled down to like ninety my ninety percent of success in entrepreneurship can be boiled down to like get specific about that if you want. Um, but yeah, I th- I think uh, I think that's a fun practice to do. Is like I, I let, let's let's boil this down to. Th- th- I think this is the most important thing to to mention. I think it's important that you kind of create from a place of like just pure freedom at the beginning. Have an understanding of who your audience wants to be, but the at the beginning, especially on TikTok, it's a testing phase. It's like a you have a hypothesis that these style of videos are going to work. Make 10 videos, just 10. That's that's enough. That's that's doable if you're just starting. Make 10 videos, right? Then you're going to look at those videos and say what worked, what like did I enjoy, and what did the audience respond to, and what did the algorithm seem to like. Then you go in, write out those like kind of, or if, if you don't do writing in your video, storyboard them. Like what was on them? What text was on the screen? Then start to actually, then, then I'd say pick three of them, and then like make three more in that direction. And then or no, 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 then make your, your next 10 in that direction. Right. And then just keep doing that in little seasons of 10. And then after a hundred, all of this is going to be second nature. And then you just experiment e- even more and like make bolder moves when you're at a hundred. Just putting in the reps and you know, like you, you said like with, with scripting, you're at a point now where sometimes you don't need to script because you just kind of have it ingrained. So by doing these, these, these 10, you'll, you'll slowly just ingrain it and you'll be leveling up. Every time you do 10 more, it'll just be that much better than the previous 10. Yes. And if you're, if you're like, have a full-time job and you're doing a lot, if you're going to focus on one thing to improve, focus on your hooks. Uh, and then let's talk about the cadence of the actual, like the meat of the story. So I stole this from the guys, Nicholas Cole and, and, um, Dickie Bush who have a program called ship 30 for 30. They have this one, three, one sequence. So the one is the, the intro. And then there's three sentences that support it. And then there's like a conclusion, right? And the conclusion on TikTok isn't like, you don't need to wrap it up. Like it, it should be like, feel like it's, it's like part of it. Cause you don't want to add le- extra fluff, but that's helped me think about my videos. So like, um, like the, the, the second sentence like supports the first sentence, the third sentence supports the, and like the one, three, one sequence. Right. So I, I, that helps you at the beginning, at least like, all right, I have this whole like amorphous idea. Like how do I put it in? I'll look at it. One, three, one, like, the one is the hook, the three is the meat, and then the, 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 the closer is the wrap it up. And like, for example, the copy lame, that would be like, and never said a word. That's like the cherry on top to like reinforce the point. I'm hitting a lot of subjects right here. Um, we're, we're, we're covering a lot of, a lot of areas here. Are you learning anything? Are, are you gaining I anything am. from this? <laughs> yeah. I feel, yes. like, I feel like I'm going all over. I, th- I feel like this is actually revealing to me how much I don't know about my process. <laughs> Which like I hope is revealing to other people. It's like, yo, you got to do what works for you. 
uh, take little tidbits from everyone else and like, but still kind of double down and find like your flow and really what works for you. Yeah. And it's tough to sometimes explain your, your process. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, to your point, like if someone asks me how I make my TikToks, like I know some things, but other stuff, like the flow and cadence of my videos, like it's, I don't, it just kind of comes out naturally when I do it. I don't know how to explain that. So sometimes it's tough to, to teach the full part of the creative process. And I think that's what makes it so special. Agreed. Like if it was, if you were able to just package that, uh, it would be, everyone would do it. <laughs> yeah. It could be commoditized. Um, yeah. And then it wouldn't allow you to differentiate yourself. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's really important to like, like I, I said it over and over again is like, talk about shit you actually care. Like, I think that like, that is actually the biggest algorithm friend in the world. When people, like, even when people are just like, you put, you see them put the camera down and they talk for a minute, like uh, ranting about their like boss or coworker or something like a story on TikTok, you see, like you can tell they care. Like it is very real. It's coming from their gut, not their head. And I think a lot of people try to like create from up here and not down and not from their heart. And like, um, and I think that would like that, that should be the foundation, right? Then you stack on like the technique and the form on top of that. Yeah. Like there's nothing that makes me question myself more than when I see a super viral video of someone who just like takes four seconds in the beginning to set up their phone on their table, backs <laughs> oh my up gosh. and then gives a speech. And I'm over here scripting and editing and spending like so much time and I get like 3000 views and they've got like 3 million and I'm like, cheers, this makes me feel great. <laughs> It also makes me feel great. And it, uh, I, I actually, it, it, yeah, I get what you're saying. It also, it makes me like kind of low key, like furious, but then also inspired at the same time. Cause I'm just like, all right, if they can do it, like, uh, I can, <laughs> you know, like, like, let's go. Uh, that's sort of just my, men my, my mentality on it, but you, no, you're right. Like that's why I'm actually in the process of, <sighs> starting fresh with my content. Like I, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, let's say I, I created that first, that first season of content that first, uh, now I'm like, okay, now how do I do this in a way that I can really enjoy that is sustainable, um, that is attracting the right audience that is true to me every time. Uh, and, and that's like, those are the things I, I, that those are the things I'm really going for right now. Um, and in the process I'm experimenting. Like I did a vlog last week. I'm just, uh, th this week, I'm, I'm, you know, I've never used the app CapCut, but I started using CapCut to use my captions. And I usually manually put captions on because I just think it looks better. But I'm like, yeah, all right, if consistency is the game, uh, captions are the thing that are slowing me down. That makes takes 25 minutes each more time. You add that up times 100. How much time is that doing captions? So I'm like, all right, maybe there's a flow where I can create a style of video using CapCut. So I'm testing that for the next 10 videos, getting a sense of like how I feel about it, how it looks. And, and then I'm going to look at it. Like, I think it's a game of constantly like being open to like looking at this as an experiment. Uh, and, and can I give you another analogy? Are you a sports fan? Yes. Okay. So Steph Curry, right? Best shooter of all time. Best shooter of all time, right? So um, he had to put the reps in, right? He had to put the reps in. No, one, he had to care about the game, right? Then he had to put, no, then he had to uh, figure out the fundamentals, right? So there's a couple fundamentals you need to learn, like elbow in, uh, you know, like bend your knees, all of that stuff. And then you stack on the reps, right? Because the, the reps with the form 
combined over time. Like he probably at the beginning, this is actually probably what he did. He probably shot a lot, realized he needed form, right? So that that's the first experiment. Then you start to tighten up the form and then you stack on the reps. Like, okay, I'm just going to get really good at this. So over time, he doesn't even think about it. It's second nature. Now, if he was going in doing trick shots each time, like, like banking off, the, like doing this like wild stuff, use, like kicking it, like there'd be no consistency in learning about what's working and what's not, right? So that's, that's the sort of the way I think of it. But also at the same time, he's not... He, he's looking to see if the ball goes in the net. Like that's important for the feedback, not to measure on whether or not he's a good person or not. Like he's a good, like he's measuring whether or not his form was right. Like his positioning is right. Like, and that's the same thing I feel about having a video do well. It's like, I'm looking at the metrics, but I'm not letting them dictate how I feel about myself. It's simply feedback. It's information that I can apply to my next experiment. Um, so that, that's the thing I think about because some people are like, don't look at metrics at all. But like, what if Steph Curry never looked to see if the ball went in? He wouldn't know if it was working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he also doesn't get down on himself. When he misses, he's the guy that keeps shooting and keeps shooting. Uh, he, cause he doesn't like think that like, oh, I'm a loser for this. He knows that like, all right, I'm, yeah, I got, I gotta, I gotta make smarter shots. I hear what you're saying. I think it's also a fine line between like getting the feedback, but also not creating in a way to get the feedback you want to get. That's in a way that you don't want to create, if that makes sense, like becoming a slave to the algorithm. Yo, that that's a really, really great point. That's a, that's a incredible point. And again, that that's where it comes at the beginning. What is your, what are your goals with this? So if the feedback is pointing you in a direction where you're making stuff that's out of character, off brand, you don't enjoy, then that's, that's, in my opinion, that's part of the feedback process. It's like, yo, I made these 10 videos, but I don't like what's, ha- I don't like how I feel about it. Like then you, then you tighten it up, you use that as information. And that's something that, that I started to do. Like, like even with the, um, some of the videos that did well, like I, um, some of them I'm like, I don't, it didn't do anything for me though. It didn't do anything for my brand. It like looks cool. It's a good vanity metric, but like, it's, it's not, it's not the kind of content that I want to be known for. There's one thing you said a little bit earlier, and you also kind of mentioned at the beginning of the of the podcast. I want to bring it back to here before we kind of wrap things up. <laughs> did we hit? How many questions did we hit? We hit like... So I panicked before the podcast because I had about a page and a half. So I added about another page worth of content here to my prep notes. We're still on section one. So like <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> oh... We could Man. do another like two, three podcasts yeah, 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 out of here, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah we got to wrap this up because you got to edit this. <laughs> I do. And I, I know you got a lot of the go too, so, but what, what you said at the beginning was, well, what you said a little bit earlier was talking about doing everything sustainably, building in a sustainable way. And at the beginning of the show, kind of bringing it back to that, you also mentioned how your uploading cadence is a little different right now because you've taken on a little bit too many projects. So trying to stay overly consistent and do these projects just as impossible. So you've kind of adjusted the posting schedule, which is something you mentioned in my podcast with Rachel Peterson earlier. She talked about, she has like these different seasons of posting where it's like her go mode. She's posting like 10 TikToks a day, but if things are getting busy, she scales that down. And as content creators, we often don't feel like we can decrease our posting schedule. We can add to it, but as we take it away, we feel like that's a step backwards. But I think as a sustainable thing, it's the important thing to do if you want to build sustainably, take those breaks before you burn out. So is that what you're doing now? Are you kind of reducing the posting schedule a little bit in order to make sure you can still post content, but just not to the point where you're burning yourself out? No, um, I'm not posting because uh, uh, I, I just, 
I've like opportunities have came from the content, uh, consulting opportunities, um, and, and brand deal partnerships. And I have a day job. I'm not posting because I've, I've said yes to too many things. And in the process of doing that and like trying to deliver on all these, the, these, these things that I've committed to, I haven't been able to put the focus into my content. And I started to feel this feeling that I had two years ago is like, yo, like I'm getting distracted from the thing that truly gives me energy. It's like the creative process of doing this. So for me, I want to get, I'm, I'm doing it because I, I, I'm just, I've said yes to too many things. Uh, and the thing that's most important to me is the creative process is building. This is like making these videos. I love doing it. Like I'm like w when you realize, like when you, like this happens a lot to me where I'm like, I'm going to just take off on Saturday. And then I wake up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have five ideas for videos. Like I gotta make these like, like that's how I know it's something that I really enjoy doing. Like, it's like, even when I don't want to do it, like I like, it's exciting to me. Like, I'm just like, I got to see this through. It's an exciting, like a way of expressing to me, uh, expression to, for me. Um, so I want to get, but to answer your question, it's totally okay to scale back. I think it's great to work in seasons the way that, uh, your, your, your friend talked about it. Like I think creative people work best that way where it's like, you go hard, um, however it works for you, like maybe like a month and then you take a month off, like, and then you're just like repurposing, like, um, uh, and, and that's sort of what I'm doing right now. I'm repurposing content. I'm, I'm posting like my podcast clips and then, then I'm excited to go on like another sprint of 30 days of just like hitting it really hard. Cause you know, like once you get momentum, um, you, you gotta keep, you gotta keep, uh, hitting on it. But then like, once you naturally feel that kind of like, all right, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of like it's, it's, I feel like I'm forcing it. And I, you probably feel that too. Like sometimes you feel like you're like, I'm just forcing it. Like. I will take like a two to three day break, but that's really all I need from like a creative aspect to like really get back in the flow of creating. Um, and here's the other thing you can switch up the flow. So like I, I love every now and then to just write for a week. Uh, this is probably like tw two or three times a year where like, I won't post anything and I'll just spend that whole, I got this little yellow notebook and I'll just like go to the park, go like just go out and about, just like write, just like kind of like get a sense of like, I like doing that sort of stuff to like get in touch with like really how I'm thinking about everything right now, you know, and kind of center myself. Um, because sometimes you can get excited. Like you said, in the mix of it, a video blows up and then like your brand becomes that video, but maybe you didn't really want to be that. So sometimes it's just like good for your mental health, but also for like your whole creative direction to step back and like, switch gears on the creative practice uh maybe not totally just stop being creative mm, i like that mixing it up a little bit i think that's ultimately what led to me starting writing last year was i was just looking for something different creative to do um and kind of fell in love with it but i'm curious for you now moving forward what systems or checks or just mental models are you going to put in place so you don't take on too many things in the future and only say yes to the absolute best projects that is something that I am figuring out right now. Um, so I think for me, uh, it all comes back to will this, will this complement what I'm doing on, in my short videos or my podcast? Because th I'm realizing those are the engines. So if I take on a project, um, 
is this going to give me some insight into this creator economy world? Is this going to help me build a relationship that I'll be able to like, like, you know, collaborate with on this in some way? Is this uh, a cool company that would like look, you know, kind of validate what I'm doing? You know, it would, it would like, it has to be totally aligned with what I'm doing with the pot. It's not just going to be like, yo, here's quick, here's like a money for this consulting gig. And it just doesn't make sense. Like it has to be like, for example, um, people want to do coaching and consulting with me a lot right now. Um, and I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. So I've started to just, this is what I'm doing. I, I let friends pay what they, I let them, I say, listen, I'm going to do a pay what you want model. Uh, but here's the deal. I'm going to send you my Riverside link and I'm going to do all of my coaching and record it. And you got to let me use this for shorts. So it has to be content for me in some way. Like it has to go towards my brand in some way, just because I don't really want to make one-on-one coaching a part of my business. But like, I'm like, all right, how if I say yes to that? It's also uh, contributing to to what I'm doing. And here, here's another metric too, is am I going to build like, yeah, like useful skills, even if this doesn't work, useful skills in the process or or like useful like relationships in the process. Uh, Yes. So those are like two things. So uh, Tom Bill, you talks a lot about that. Like how he says yes to things is if, um, and here's the, uh, you hear this a lot. It's either hell yes or no. Um, so it's something, is it truly giving me energy? So I, I usually meditate. I go on walks. I try to figure out, like try to pay attention to like who the person is. Um, that's a big thing, the relationship involved. Like, like, like it, am I going to learn from this person? Is this person going to sharpen like the way I see the world and like make me better? Um, I, cause I want people, I want to work with people that are better than me. Right. Like, like, cause I think that's the only way we get better. And Tom, Bill, you talk, go back to him is, um, he takes on projects based on whether or not, um, one, they excite him, but two, even if he fails, he'll develop useful skills along the way that you can apply to a future project. For, for an example is when I worked in music, um, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I started getting heavily involved in like the video production side of it. And in the process, like I realized I didn't want to be a musician or be in the music industry, but I realized I was great at storytelling and I was great at packaging these ideas and capturing them in video form, which then like helped me dictate my next moves and like, you know, to, to where I'm currently at today. So I failed technically like that project. We don't do that, but I develop useful skills that I can, I can employ today. And so knowing whether what you're taking on is going to benefit the mission or it's going to give you skills that benefit the mission comes back to knowing what your mission is. And so how did you determine what your mission should be? I believe creators are, and will continue to be people that dictate culture. Um, and, and, uh, they are the superstars of today and, and the future generations that they are what kids want to be. They have more impact than the media or or in the future they will. Um, but people trust them. Maybe not more impact than the media, but people trust them more than the media. Um, and I, and there's a lot of things, bigger things I, I do want to tackle in the future. And education is one of them. Uh, I, I think the whole education system needs needs uh uh to be revolutionized in some way whether or not like that's going to happen like i think it's going to start with the creator economy like i think it's going to be these micro skills that like then kind of seep into homeschooling and then actual education and you see it more with youtube like people are learning more 
I guarantee you, like most of the successful creators and, and even entrepreneurs nowadays learned more on YouTube than they did in a classroom. That is mind boggling to me. So I'm like, bet like I'm just betting on that world because I, I love that world. And one, I think that like, as I continue to build my audience and my brand, I'll be able to have more opportunities where I can truly show up and work on projects that that impact education in a, in a major way. And then the other one is um, eventually would be uh, uh, health and wellness. So uh, just uh, uh, access to healthy food uh, under like education of, of uh, uh, just like what people are putting into their bodies. Like I, I'm the type of person, like I watch a fast food commercial on TV and I'm like, I, I think I, I don't like, I don't want to go into a full rant, but like, I, like I, I, um, I, I see the, the trust and the impact that creators have. And I'm like, if new messaging and understanding around, um, diet and health and wellness, like is going to get through to people, it's going to be through the creator economy. Like, I just like, that's my bet. So this is the world that I'm investing my time in. So I can, I can be part of projects that make a major impact on uh you know how, how people choose to eat food and and access to to the best food out for for their bodies and then also um be part of movements that that help uh change the way kids learn from from k through 20 uh, you know like k through college right and i think there's a there's th those are like t tbd like these are future pie in the sky things but Right now, it's like, all right, build an audience with what I know. And like, like I can see a hundred feet ahead of me and it's based off of like stuff I'm learning and stuff I'm passionate about right now, but definitely education and health and wellness in the future. I love it. And there's a lot with education and stuff. There's a lot of ways I could, we could go with this. I think for the sake of time, I'm going to jump to my last question. Cause I feel like if we keep going, we're going to be here all night. Um, <laughs> we'll have to, yeah, bro. We'll I'll I do this with everyone's podcast. I, I talk my ass off. <laughs> That's okay, man. That makes for the best podcast. And you can tell like your passion comes through when you like, when you want to talk about it, you know what I mean? I feel, so I think I it's a good bad. thing. Is your podcast an hour long? They used to be 90 minutes. So it's just a throwback episode. Okay. So, okay. Cool. Cool. So cool don't cool. worry. All right. For my last question, I like to flip the script a little bit. So instead of me asking the question, it's you asking the question, but it's not to me. So pretend you have a crystal ball. You can ask this crystal ball any question. You'll get the 100% honest answer. What is one question you want to know the answer to? You asked me this before. What did I, did. I say? I don't I remember. Said, Does my dog think I'm funny? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay. Crystal ball. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> where am I going to go with this this time? Does my dog think I'm funny? That's, the, that's what I said last time. And, uh, I'm convinced that she doesn't. Um, so I know that <laughs> answer now. Um, crystal ball, one answer. Um, shoot. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to go on the education thing. Um, who, who, who thinks, who thought of, no, 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 no. I'm not going to ask that, that, that. It was along the lines of, because there's no answer for that one. Um, it's more like opinion, opinion based. Uh, okay, I'll do a creator base. I'll do a creator base. Uh, for for a creator, one question that I would want I would want like my creator friends to know uh, is, 
I, I think I think yeah to go along with what we've talked about like um what is the perfect hook that would work for a YouTube short, an Instagram reel and a TikTok? What is the perfect hook and how can I duplicate that in every single video? <laughs> because that I truly believe like that like if you spend most of your time exploring that you will be 90 not it'll boil down to being 90% better than all the other creators out there. <laughs> I love it. I love it very very on brand, very in line with with the the podcast today. Um but man, I want to thank you for taking time to come on the podcast. I want to give you the floor. Where can the people find you? Plug anything and everything you got right now. Yeah, go ahead and check out bonus footage on TikTok and Instagram and then listen to my podcast at creatorsarebrands.com or search it on every single platform. It's the show that discovers how creators are building brands online and I love it. It's uh, I'm just as impassioned in those conversations as I was in this one uh, and I think you'll enjoy the conversations as well. Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you once again for taking time to come on the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening, whether you've listened the entire way through or you only listen to bits and pieces. I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Everyone do me a big favor. Go and follow Tom. Go and subscribe to his podcast. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. As always, today's podcast is powered by Surf. Thank you once again for listening. We'll talk soon. Woo.